Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And on Friday, we do it wearing a red shirt to say thank you to those men and women who have risked everything to protect our freedom. And on this particular Friday, I have a special red shirt, a T-shirt that I just absolutely love wearing T-shirts that says Stand for Freedom. Thanks to one friend from Mitchell, South Dakota, Amanda Radke. She bribed me to get on the air on this red shirt Friday. Turns out she's wearing the same exact T-shirt. Amanda, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? Well, I'm just all giddy. You added to your brood this week. I did, yes. Our family was blessed by adoption on Tuesday, so it's been a fun week for the Radke family. You know what's funny about that? I think my math is right. When did you start working on an adoption? Uh, we got the call January 15th. Mm-hmm. So see whether you adopt or go through natural childbirth, it's a nine-month process. Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, surprise, we have another one. <laughs> yeah, except you didn't have any labor pain. No, you yeah. might have had labor pains. I can't speak to that. Oh, there was labor pains, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, what's it like to adopt a kid? It's incredible. It's uh, God's moving and he's, um, you know, making good out of really bad things. So we we didn't adopt a baby. If people aren't uh, familiar with our story, we are foster parents. And so we adopted out of foster care. And uh, this little boy is four years old and he's been in foster care for almost 1,500 days. So this is a long journey for him and he finally gets his forever family. So it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, but normally when people adopt a kid, you go to the Black Hill Stock Show, you'll see a family of four and you're like, ooh, there's something happened there. Uh, did you adopt this one? You're going to go to the Black Hill Stock Show in January and people are going to see your four kids and think you had them all. This this one's cut out of the same mold. How's that happen? It's pretty amazing. When we got the call in January and the worker said, we have this adopted kid and I think he'll fit into your family. Let me send you a picture. And I about fell over dead because I was so shocked. And I said, this looks like my kid. (laughs) So from that moment, I knew he was. Now, it took Tyler a little bit of convincing on our drive to the Black Hills Stock Show. about why. Oh, no kidding. For one more kid. Uh, <laughs> he's four. My other son is five. Our other son is three. And our daughter is seven. Yeah. So they are. We get asked quite often if they're twins or triplets. Tyler can say what he wants. Truth of the matter is that every guy knows that we can th- act like we're going to throw up a fight. But at the end, the Speaker of the House always wins. You know, I did win this one. But I think he won, too. <laughs> Yeah, I think you both won. The entire family won. So yeah. congratulations. And so does that mean you will still be a foster family? Everybody asks that. You know, I we just renewed our license so we could still take kids. And in fact, we get calls and emails every single day. So the need is great. And what I've realized is, is I can't save them all. Um, but that's why I've started writing more about our foster care journey on social media because mm-hmm. I want a dozen other people to sign up and do the same thing because there are 400,000 kids in the U S foster care system. 125,000 of those are waiting for their forever moms and dads. And so if you, if it's on your heart, I'd love for people to step into that hard space and kind of join us in this wild adventure. 
What's the difference between the 125,000, which are waiting for their forever family, and the, the rest of the, the balance, if my math was good, I could tell you 275,000 right off, uh, that are just still in the foster care system. What's the difference? So the primary goal of foster care is reunification. So you're just really stepping into another family's hard space and giving them that support that they need to, you know, get their lives together until that they can re- reunify as a family. Uh, those kids that are ready to be adopted, their rights, their parental rights have been terminated. And so they're looking for, you know, other families to fill in that gap and, and adopt. You put that into context, 400,000 kids in the foster care system. That's half of the population of South Dakota in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the need is huge. I mean, we were licensed August 1st of 2019, and that same day we had two kids in our house. So it's wow, it, it's incredible um, that, you know, there's just a lot of people that are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, if you, like I said, if it's on your heart, there there's definitely kids waiting and <laughs> ready to be loved on. Well, I'm guessing that if you had two kids on the same day in August of 2019, after the past two years that we've had, You'd probably have four kids today if you signed up. The pandemic has been really, really hard on people. I think we're, well, the mainstream news anyway is so uh, singularly focused on COVID and COVID deaths. Uh, But for me, looking at the big picture, we don't talk about enough the other ramifications, the depression, the suicide, the divorce, uh, rising rates of alcoholism and drug abuse. Uh, the fact that we're isolated and alone and people are suddenly finding themselves, you know, having to virtual teach their kids or they're having to walk away from a career that they've had for 20 years because of mandates. Uh, people are in some really, really tough positions right now. And uh, I, I think we need to acknowledge that, that, you know, as we're exposing corruption and seeing all this evil in the world at a very practical level, families are having hard times and, uh, so that's why I really wanted to come on the show today is I, I kind of wanted to share how our family has walked through some of this hard stuff and how, you know, we can keep a level head on our shoulders and really keep our hearts and minds focused on the things that truly matter and, and not worry maybe so much about the things that are outside of our control. Somebody actually posed a question to me. What do you suppose the suicide rate has done in the past year and a half? Coming now in two years. And I said, well, I don't know. So I went looking for it. Do you know, I couldn't find it. I mean, I'm halfway skilled in finding stuff. I couldn't find it. The only thing you can find is the impact of COVID, according to the CDC, or some war criminal named Fauci. If it's tied to anything else, you can't find the data right now. Wow. I did see one statistic this morning that was Amazon and Walmart have grown their wealth by $133 billion dollars. And meanwhile, in the United States, we've lost 20% of our small businesses. So if we think about the restaurants that have been closed forever or, you know, for good, all of the Main Street businesses uh, that just couldn't survive through all these lockdowns and, and people not going out and about and shopping. I mean, just on a real personal level, America is built on entrepreneurship and small businesses. And suddenly 20% of small business owners can't feed their families the way they used to just two years ago. Uh, it's truly disheartening. Diane Sullivan asked a question that I want to get to before we go to a break, and that is she wants to know how many of these cases are directly related to poverty, the financial inability for the family to take care of themselves, or 
at the hands of abuse. Do you have a feel for that? I, I'd just be guessing at this point, but I, I seems like say, it would be high. It just stands to reason, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think poverty plays a huge role into it. I mean, if you're stressed out actually, and then uh, you have kids that you're caring for and, and that can manifest in a lot of different ways and behaviors and, and things that happen. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't know the statistics on that. Yeah. But it just stands to reason that it would be quite high. Uh, and uh, just because I can speak to my experience, you happen to live in a state that has a plethora of reservations and whatever led to that, that situation is not good in a kid's, for mo- a lot of kids. Yeah, I would say, well, 90% of our kids that we've had, we've had a dozen kids um, have come from the reservations. And I'm going to also include in that as a person who interviewed and hired 17 Rosebud Sioux tribal members, the negative stereotypes are just that. They're negative stereotypes. You get what you expect. And these kids offer a tremendous experience, but nobody's ever expected them to excel. And and that's really, isn't that the core of the foster care system, no matter where the kid comes from? You just, somebody needs to have faith in them and expect that they're going to stand up and excel. And that, I think, is the true beauty of foster care. You know, we've had these kids come and go, and sometimes I, you know, they leave, and I wonder, did we make a difference? Did it matter? But any time that you can show a kid what a loving family looks like, what a secure home looks like, what, you know, caring about each other and talking to each other looks like, and, you know, being there for each other looks like, it's planting little seeds so that we can break generational um, behaviors, we can try to give them the the tools that they need that maybe they've never been introduced to before so that when they become parents, maybe they have, you know, just those small seeds planted where they can remember Mm -hmm. that season when they were, you know, with a family that truly wanted to love on them and, and guide them through a tough season. So is Tyler ready for his vasectomy because he's had his three kids? <laughs> well, Don't start- answer that question. Private information. Just had to throw it out there before we go to a break. Jerry Rowe in the comment section here has found some data on suicide rates for 2020. Thank you, Jerry, from the Hoosier State. Uh, let's see. KarenStaley.com is where you go get the songs. Amanda was with us on the Arise USA tour at uh, three stops. I wanted her at 30, but she thought she had kids to take care of. Go figure. Two of those were in South Dakota. One of them was a very emotional event at Fort Pier. And Karen Staley has brought that all back to life with the the Arise USA CD, the album, the digital album. God Save the Cowboys on there. Get details from KarenStaley.com. We're back with more. Roll Rotten Amanda Radke after this. Welcome back, Roll Route, Trent Luce, alongside Amanda Radke, a new mama again this week, mother of four. She's working on a full litter. You got to put everything into context of a pig's life, right? A full litter. <laughs> so you kind of uh, threw it out there, but I want to go a little deeper. You said that you, you wanted to come on because you wanted to give some people ideas or possible uh, rays of hope when you're backed in a corner. And I must, must mention that I need to give credit to whoever it was because they, they actually coined this perfectly. The benefit of being backed in the corner, you no longer need to worry about who's behind you. You only have to worry about who's in front of you. That is very wise advice. Yes. It's, there's, it's, it's like making lemonade out of lemons. You just, uh, 
Yeah, I think some really good things can come out of these hard times that we're facing right now. And I, I tune into your guys' show every morning, and I love Andrew. But Andrew, if you're listening every day, he says, wake up, people. Now, my question why I wanted to come on today is, okay, Andrew, we're awake. Now what do we do? And so right. that's where I'm at. And and what I realized was is, you know, last in 2020 – I, uh, you know, I was in Louisiana speaking at a women in ag event when COVID hit and I was given the keynote speech over the lunch and all of a sudden every woman in the room was on her cell phone and looked scared to death. And I thought, what are doing your speech? I was like, I lost the crowd. I'm like, I suck. I realized after I got off stage, they had all just been informed that they were now instant homeschool moms because the schools had shut down. By the time I got home, my kids were virtual learners. And within a week, I had lost all my jobs for the year. I was no longer speaking and traveling like I was counting on to make a living. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table and just crying. And I told Tyler, you know, how are we going to get through this? I felt like it was the end of the world. And uh, a week later, we got a call for a long-term placement on a six-month-old baby. And I, I like to think, you know, God is working He's working all the time to make good things out of really hard situations. So what came out of me losing it all was we got to love on this beautiful little girl for six months who needed us, who we would have said no to because my travel schedule wouldn't have allowed it. Uh, I realized that I needed to pull my kids from the public school system uh, to be able to instill values that were important to us and and not just send them off and, and hope for the best. Um, and I, I realized that I needed to, in this season of life, figure out how to make money from home uh, because my kids needed me and, and because the world has gone crazy. And, and in this season of life, I needed to embrace that. Uh, and then, you know, we talked in January and, you know, when the election happened and, and early January happened with, uh, you know, January 6th. And I remember I, I got on my knees and I prayed to God and I said, what do you want me to do right now? Because right now I want to fight. I see all this corruption and evil happening and I feel like I need to go out swinging. And, you know, I have a hard time listening. I do a lot of talking, but in that moment, I felt like God sent me a very clear, be still, like shut up and listen. I will give you your assignment. And on January 15th is when we got that call for that little boy. And I feel like if I hadn't just stopped to ask God, what do you want me to do? I would have missed it because I was too busy following what I thought I needed to be doing. And so the whole point of me telling that story is I feel like people are almost frozen in fear where they don't know what to do to counter the corruption or to fight for America or to fight for their families. And I think we all just need to pause for a second and ask, what is my assignment during this season? And it's going to look different for everybody, but we can all do something to strengthen our families, to strengthen our communities, and to protect our loved ones during what I truly believe is World War III. This is a biological, psychological, economical war, and we are in the middle of it. And if it hasn't impacted you one way or another during this season, you're either not awake, <laughs> not paying attention, or, uh, you know, you just don't want to see it. Uh, and so truly, I think it's time to ask for our assignments and go out and do good. I mean, I think most people, you just nailed it in the last uh, connotation. They just choose not to acknowledge it. 
because it's easier to go about, you know, in my world, it'd be easier to go about processing pigs or fixing that fence or winterizing those barns and just not pay attention to the bigger picture. Yeah, I think we want to cling so tightly to normal and to just not focus on what's happening outside our our front doors and in our own families and businesses and that kind of thing. But when we do that, when we Mm -hmm. just quietly go along with tyranny and not put our foot down and say, that's not for my family, that is not for my community, uh, the grip of tyranny just gets tighter around our necks. And and if we don't just say, I'm done being coerced, I'm done complying, this is where, where God is leading me. And what God is leading me to do is to live by the Constitution, to live by my faith-filled values, to fight for my family, to protect the nuclear family, because that's what they want, is for families to be broken, for the middle class to be destroyed, and for communities to be vulnerable and dependent on the government. So what can I do to be independent, to be free, and to keep my my God-given liberties intact? And those are the three things we need to be focusing on versus the things that are maybe more superficial that at the end of the day don't matter at all. So I do appreciate the opportunity to slow down a bit, which I'm not sure has actually happened around here, but you you do stop to at least prioritize what's important. Because even last year, I traveled to 30 states. It transferred from uh, going to speak, like you were doing, to delivering animals and still getting out and about. And this year, it's been a balance of really not that, but back to speaking. But in the pause everybody changed where they were buying things and it just irritates me to no end what you just gave us in terms of statistics on what has happened to Amazon in 135, did you say 135 billion billion in additional profits because people were staying at home and it was easy to just buy stuff online that contributes to the overall problem. So when you take a moment to pause and stop and think, you can't also contribute to the very people who are creating your demise. Absolutely. Yeah, I know it's easy to click and ship, uh, but I can tell you what I've seen is that a lot of small businesses are not going to survive. Another, uh, The fourth quarter going into the holiday season is is where people pay their bills. And, uh, you know, if, if you can do anything, the best thing that you could do during this season is to go buy your Christmas presents early buy them locally and support the people in your community who are going to be next to you when this economy collapses. And that's, what's really important. We need to ask ourselves who, who is in my community. That's an ally. Who can I support that understands what's going on and how can I help them during this season? Because in turn, they're going to be helping you too. They're going to be supporting your family, your businesses and that kind of thing. And folks, this is coming from a person who, gets a significant amount of revenue in the click and ship business with Amanda Radke t-shirts. <laughs> yes. AmandaRadke.com. <laughs> Check it out. No, you just told me don't do it online. Go buy it from my local store. So I can't do that. I'm going to send this shirt well, back to where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful thing is we're all a big community on uh, in agriculture and, uh, I will say, you know, yes, online retail has become huge and I don't have a brick and mortar, but maybe a better phrase is look for the small family businesses. There you go. I like that better. Yeah. And I will people, say these t-shirts. People who share your values. 
Yes. And these t-shirts specifically, so yes, they support my family, but 25% goes back to a local freedom fighting group in Mitchell, South Dakota. Uh, so we get together and mobilize, say, you know, the school board meetings are coming up. The city council meetings are coming up. Uh, we have this challenge going on. The mandates are coming to the hospitals. So now we need, you know, there's people that need jobs. Uh, in fact, uh, it, it, it's one of those things, and I don't have that listed on the website because it's kind of an underground freedom group, but I would encourage everyone to identify who the patriots are in their communities mm-hmm. and start getting together and visiting so that you can mobilize, so that you can rally around each other when that hardship happens because it's going to happen to everybody one way or another. Uh, and so when your back is in the corner, it'd be nice if you were holding hands with a hundred other people who are your neighbors. Somebody who uh, wants to know more information, somebody named Rebecca Cunningham. I think she's from Texas or something. She actually makes it possible for us to use this streaming. So thank you, Rebecca. She wanted you to talk about the children's books, but I don't know that. Yeah, can you do that in 30 seconds? Uh, yes, I have four children's books. One will release very soon, so a fifth, and they can be found at amandaradke.com or Amazon, but I'd prefer amandaradke.com. <sighs> Some woman from Tennessee doesn't think I have Amanda Radke on enough. I have her on every time she agrees to come on. So off my back, Jenny. We are going to take a break. One thing Amanda still hasn't figured out is the value of the Piedmontese cattle. Piedmontese possess the mutant myostatin gene for tenderness. That was kind of a a short trip to what really goes on. And next week, I am going to be going to the US USDA Meat Animal Research Center where all of the research was done on the myostatin gene and why Piedmontese cattle consistently generate a tender eating experience for the consumer. But you, the producer, need to be rewarded. And we're talking about a tune of $180 per head over market price at 600 pounds. Get details from Marlon Will at LongCreekElco.com. We're back with more rollout after this. Welcome back. Roll route on a red shirt Friday where we are all standing for freedom. Kind of like this t-shirt now. Now that I know 25% of my money went to the local Patriot group. I didn't know that before. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, value-based t-shirts have become a thing. So <laughs> I sell a lot of beef shirts and my husband says, who buys a shirt that just says beef on it? And then I go <laughs> to a cattle women's meeting and I say, Tyler, here they are. Yeah. And- <laughs> So let's talk about that for a moment. Let's step away from uh, where we're headed. I've been getting an accelerated number of people asking me about the plant-based meats, about the lab-grown meats. We've even had it in our comment section here today. Uh, Lab-grown shrimp or plant-based shrimp? No way. I'll save what I think is taking place there and what I think we should think as meat producers. What's your take on all of this, Amanda? Well, for years, I've been harping on the plant-based products because I saw what they truly were, which was uh, the rich elite creating a problem by saying the cows are to blame for our terrible health, for our environmental woes. And by the way, now that we've created a problem in the sense of the consumers, come over here because we have the solution, which is this garbage that's just processed food. It's It doesn't have the nutritional value that the real deal can possibly have. And by default, they accomplish a few things. They take ranchers off the land. They take meat and dairy and eggs off the dinner plate. And they make us sicker and weaker so that we can be controlled 
um, because we aren't strong and healthy, which we would be if we uh, faithfully ate animal fats and proteins on a regular basis. So if you look at what the uh, dietary guidelines have been telling us to do for the past 40 plus years now, they've been to eliminate the fats and proteins that you just spoke of. And now with our new revelation, because we didn't seem to understand this before, it turns out that zinc is kind of important for the immune system. What are the best sources of zinc? Oh, animal protein. Uh, it turns out that fat is really good for not only brain health, but the immune system. It turns out that vitamin B12 is important. It turns out that vitamin D is really important. It turns out riboflavin is really important. Uh, Amanda, what product gives us all of those at the highest density possible from a food item? Well, you know, I eat beef every day for a reason. So, <laughs> No, you eat beef course. every day for a reason. You you raise it. That's why. But I... I, yesterday, I never listened to the National Socialist Republic radio anymore. I used to listen to it every morning just to see what I needed to fix on the radio, and I decided it's a lost cause. This week on Wednesday, I'm driving through the Sandhills in Nebraska, and I just hit scan to see what I think, and it lands on the National Socialist radio program, and I hear a voice that I recognize. And it turned out to be Daryl Lease, president of the North Dakota Farm Bureau, and this socialist program was talking about how the drought in North Dakota, and they didn't even mention Montana, but the drought in North Dakota, Montana has been so severe on ranching families this year. And the piece was really, really presented well. And Daryl did a good job. And there was a couple of the families that were talking about how severe the drought was. And then this guy closes his little presentation. And of course, you got to keep in mind, Amanda, you know, as well as anybody, it's all how you're wired and what you hear. And instead of hearing this guy say, you know, we need to keep these ranchers, farmers and ranchers in our thoughts and prayers, which you wouldn't expect to hear on National Socialist Radio. What he said was, this is the impact of climate change and the choices that you make will impact that. Basically, he was trying to lead people into the path of, well, cows cause this problem. So if you don't eat a cow, we won't have to worry about drought. That's pretty much what I took him saying in his little clothes, which for all other practical purposes should have been a good information piece about what's happening to the ranchers of the Northern Great Plains. Well, I think people need to recognize, and it's taken me years to piece it all together, but it isn't just like animal rights activists working alone. It's not just mm -hmm. environmental extremists working alone. It's not just our celebrities just happen to want to talk about how beef is destroying the planet or our politicians saying that we need sin taxes. This is truly a communist movement, a Marxist movement to gain control of the population and of our property. And so if we think about it that way, this climate change fear mongering, which now I'll probably get censored for saying this, is truly a land grab so that they can control the land. Once they can control the land, they can control the food and what we're allowed to eat. And if they can weaken us with the foods that they make available to us, they can thus control the people. Now, some people would call me a conspiracy theory theorist for saying that. But again, it's create the problem and provide the solution over there. And who gets hurt in the middle? The business owners, the producers, and ultimately the consumers, especially the lower class who are trying to buy food on a budget. And those are the people that get hurt in all of this. Yeah, I love to Saskatchewan out in my comments about how severe the drought was. It affected our friends north of the border as well. But again, we come back to where we started down this path. Who's standing there saying that they're the solution? It's the guys like Jeff Bezos who've invested all of this money in number one, 
Who controls the Washington Post and the media? Jeff Bezos, the same guy who creates all these fear-mongering opportunities. And then, oh, by the way, we have a plant-based alternative. It is totally about control. Thanks for correcting me, Diane. Yes, low income, not low class would probably be more accurate. I apologize. (laughs) And, uh, you know, speaking of Jeff Bezos, if you want a sole advertisement of why you should skip uh, Amazon, uh, did you see when he came back from space and he was wearing a cowboy hat and he said, it's because of all of my shoppers that made it possible for me to blow a lot of jet fuel into the sky and not worry about climate change and go uh, fly around space for a while. He said that? Yes, he did. Wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> no, I did not hear that, nor do I want to. Just stop buying stuff from Amazon. And, I, and I'm tired of people saying, I just don't have a choice. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. In all yeah. things, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people that have walked away from, you know, 15 years in nursing or teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to make a hard choice. And I think as a society, we've gotten kind of comfortable. We've gotten cozy. We want to take the easy route all of the time, but that easy route um, is going to end up in our demise. So we can choose the hard route now. It could flip society around. So I don't know what the hard looks like for you. Uh, The hard looks like for me, homeschooling four kids while still trying to ranch and and make a living um, and, and trying to do it all at the same time, which is why I'm not on the show very much because I'm trying to teach three little boys how to read, which is something but uh, but um the hard don't be critical of the male gender i'm sitting right here (laughs) i gotta say scarlet is pretty studious and sits down and does her worksheets little boys will not be wrangled (laughs) scarlet's amazing uh so i want to come back in this last half of this segment and talk about something you brought up which needs to be replicated time and time again and that is that local patriot group that has formed in your area and the momentum that you you garner by like-minded people coming together. Because let's face it, you know, I think we used to rely on the, the county GOP or the county Democrat Party, whatever your affiliation is, I don't care. There there has to be the local aspect of it, and they're not there. Those, those national uh, parties are not there. You need to form your own local uh, group. If you don't call a support group, I don't care. That's fine. But your own local group of people who identify the challenges to the people in the local area. And as you have obviously said and stated, and it's my issue as well in Sherman County, Nebraska, the school board. That's usually where it starts. But how do you, what was the first step? How did it really come together where people said, okay, we're going to dedicate some time to show up to make a difference? There's this incredible gal in in Mitchell that's on Facebook all the time talking about local issues and what's happening in healthcare and in education. And, you know, she's in Facebook jail constantly. And one day she just sent a message out and said, we're having a meeting, show up at this time. And it was standing room only the first night. Mm. And the greatest thing that I realized is that I thought I was alone in Mitchell, South Dakota of what I thought and, and the values I thought I had. And then I show up in this room and it's full of people that are seeing the exact same challenges that I am. And all of a sudden I have this instant network of people. Uh, and, and when everything goes down, you know, Facebook went down for a day. Uh, if it went down entirely, we'd lose connections with so many people that we talk to on a daily basis. 
So who is going to count the most if social media goes down or if our communications go down? It's going to be the people in our local community. Who's got milk? Who's got meat? Who's got fuel? How can you barter and trade? Who can you count on to show up at the city council meeting? Uh, who's going to back you when you get uh, drug out of the, the school board meeting because you're fighting for your kids not to wear a mask, which has happened in Mitchell, South Dakota, and a year later, this parent is still fighting the charges. Uh, so who's going to have your back when, when things really hit the fan? And more than likely, it's going to be your neighbors and your own community. And so I think that communities rallying together is going to come back in fashion again, uh, just by default of how hard things are getting. You, you mentioned the champion. That's all it takes is one champion. And the other thing that you mentioned, which I can't echo enough, there are so many people that think like you, but have just didn't know they weren't alone. Mm-hmm. You're, and that's that's really what I wanted to say on the show today is if no matter what your challenge is, if you've got a deadline with a man, mandate coming and you either have to comply or you're going to lose your job or if you're seeing what's happening in the schools and you feel like you have to pull your kids or, you know, whatever challenges you're facing right now, you're not alone in it. There's mm-hmm. a million other people that are in the same shoes you are. And we need to rally around each other and support each other. And, you know, that's why having good friends you can call just to see how they're doing. In turn, they're checking in on you, too. And I can't tell you, everyone listening, how many times I've called Trent and said, do you see what's happening on TV right now? And he just says, faith over fear. And then I say, yep. And we kind of knuckle pound and go about our day. And so everybody needs that person in their life to remind them that we have to walk confidently. We have to put on our armor of God because this is also a spiritual battle. The world isn't getting more evil. The veil is being lifted so that we can see it. And now that we can see it, we have a choice. Are we going to ignore it or are we going to fight back and say, no, my family does not comply no, Dr. Fauci, I will be having Christmas this year, no matter what you say. Shame on me for letting you take away Easter 2020 from me. My church will stay open. And if my church won't stay open, I will open one myself. And I will teach my kids the Bible. And I will teach them the values that made this country strong. Uh, because let's not forget, our Constitution was inspired by the Bible. And it's time we get back to those biblical basics. Sorry, that was a soapbox and a half. (laughs) You're here to be on the soapbox, but I just want to remind people that as calm, cool, and collective as she is here today, there are moments when she's just fit to be tied, just like all of us. And then you call a friend. I'm just happy to be the friend. And by the way, that I call her too. All right, we got to go to a break. We've got one segment left. I want to remind you the Protect the Harvest through all the fog continues to charge ahead today on protecttheharvest.com. You can find stories about the original stewards of the land, that being the farmers and the ranchers taking care of land and livestock to do two things, improve the planet, improve the creation, and improve human beings. That is exactly what Protect the Harvest does, empowers you with information to go fight the bullies. Details at protecttheharvest.com. One segment with Amanda Wright to left after this. Welcome back, Roll Route, Trent Lewis alongside in one of the fastest ever Roll Routes in the history of producing Roll Route. Yes, Amanda could be on every single day, but she thinks she's got other things that are priority other than coming on here with us. I'll try to come on more often when I feel like I really have something to say. (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing that I want to 
touch on. Um, you and I talk so much that I have to be, make sure that I, I say things that are appropriate. You know what I mean? That we're not repeating or not doing things that we've been there, done that. But one thing that we've spent a lot of time talking about that people, I think, I find complacency. You live in South Dakota. I live in Nebraska. You know, the voting irregularities were only in Maricopa County, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, right? Maybe a little bit of Wisconsin. Every other state got it right. Right, Amanda? No. (laughs) Every county in this country had some voting irregularity. And if you want to be that patriot group, I'm going to add to the list. You need to keep your school board in check. You need to keep your county commissioners or your county supervisors in check. And you need to keep this uh, clerk of the courts, the secretary, the uh, the term I'm, I'm missing at the moment, who takes care of all the county projects and integrity, you need to hold them accountable as well. And in fact, I think you should go in and demand a forensic audit of the 2020 election, no matter what county you live in. Just see what we can find. Yeah, a great example of that is I'm in South Dakota, the beacon of freedom for a lot of people in a lot of ways. But the 2020 election came and we were uh, sent our absentee ballots that we did not request. And I said, no, I will absolutely not be using these. I went to go vote in person. I presented my absentee ballot and said, this was mailed to me. I did not request it. I'm here to Mm -hmm. vote in person. And they had to get on the phone to uh, sort it all out. It was like I was a crazy wackadoo that had walked in to vote. And so I think about that and it just makes you wonder, um, you know, there are some vulnerabilities. And if we as an American people don't want to look at those vulnerabilities because our guy won, that is such a short-term uh, outlook on the bigger picture here is our vote is sacred. The fact that we each have a vote and we can go in and select our leaders who, by the way, serve we the people. We are not in a monarchy where, where we are servants of them. And if we do not have the consent of the American people to choose our, our leaders, we're slaves, and, and that's just the way it is. And so this isn't a right or left issue. This isn't about Trump or Biden. This is about in restoring our republic and making sure our votes are our votes and that they count. Yeah, it's absolutely not a right or left issue because when you talk about voting irregularities and everybody going off of algorithms today, <clears throat> both sides have figured out how to utilize these algorithms to their advantage. I'm saying that everybody in every county needs to talk to their county commissioners and say, why don't we just do a forensic audit of the last vote before we have another one, just to see what happened in our rural county out here in the middle of Montana. Yeah, just to restore confidence. If there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And then you can proudly go vote with confidence that your your voice is being heard. Um, And the fact that these audits are not welcome in so many places, it sure doesn't instill a lot of confidence. I saw a graph yesterday that uh, showed in a certain state, in county by county, there was the same percentage of 20-year-olds voting as 60-year-olds that voted, the same percentage of registered voters that were 20 as 60 and as 40 all voted at the same percentage. Nothing, Nothing to see here. Absolutely nothing. Well, wasn't it New York <laughs> City where, like, it was like a 95% turnout or something crazy of like the elderly 85 year olds that voted it's right? Like crazy stuff. Yeah. But look, look what you just did. And, and I contributed to the same thing. And that's why I'm trying to bring it home. And now I'm going to use you as an example. You just went to New York. 
Oh, that only happens in New York. No, it doesn't only happen in New York. It happens in dual county, South Dakota, too. Yep. And so I want everybody to go to the county commissioner and say, hey, let's just take a little deeper look into what happened in this last election. You know, in fact, let's just take a little deeper look into what happened in our last school board recall election. Are you kidding me? They all three got back on after people signed the signatures? I'm just using examples on what we should do locally. Let's also take a look at our infrastructure and the fact that every single one of us listening here today is vulnerable um, to not always having that keep keep our families running. Uh, water, fuel, food, electricity, everything has been under attack this last year. And I can just rattle off a thousand different examples. Um, but right now where we sit, food prices are rising, fuel prices are rising, our ports are full with ships that can't be unloaded. Every packing plant, feed yard, grocery store, restaurant can't find workers to work. And the real question families have to ask them is if this whole infrastructure collapses, how can I take care of my family? Am I prepared with enough food, enough water, enough fuel uh, to get through a winter or to get through longer? Uh, and it's weird that you have to even be talking about in America where we're supposed to have the best of everything. Um, but when you can start seeing those cracks and seeing them very clearly, uh, that's when we have to start getting back to the basics and making sure that we have those essentials to life that we've always taken for granted. So building upon that, going back to the statement, which I think was huge yesterday in the restaurant, um, the waitress asked me if there was anything I can get rid of. Or clean up. No, no, no. Anything that I can, she can get out of my way. And I said, yes, Ben Sass. And her response is something I think we should build off of because she said, well, I don't have that kind of power. We all sit back and don't do anything because we don't think we have any power. And you are the absolute authority and power in your local area. And if you collectively get together and, and do this as a community. And so I just want to keep coming back to the same premise, Amanda, and just remind people that that's where it starts. Not sitting home or doing what you're doing and saying, I don't have that kind of power. You do have that kind of power. Exercise your rights that you have. There's there's no there's nobody coming to save us. We are the hero in our own story. And it starts with getting your family in order. So if you're if your four walls are cracking, you gotta get the basics figured out. You gotta get your affairs in order at home. And then you gotta spread locally and figure out who your people are, who your community is and rally around them and start working together in concert to make the world a better place. It's going to start locally. We can't control what's happening in Washington, D.C., but we can for sure have an impact on what's happening in our own backyards and in our own homes. Amanda, you know that it'll all be fixed when Trump comes back. Is he coming back, Trent? <laughs> he is not coming back. It is up to you locally to fix this. Quit sitting back and say, we just need to get Trump back in there. He's not coming back. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that platform. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Jenkins, love him, had the opportunity to meet him on the Arise Tour. What a gift he is to this country. Yeah, he says, get your God courage on. Means go yeah. armor up, go make the hard decisions, go be brave and be the hero that America needs because it's not it's not somebody else. It's you and it's me. And something else he said this week in a speech, a 10-minute speech that uh, that I got to see via uh, electronic, some internet 
he sent it to me, but he was standing on a street in New York city. And he told me that he had about 800 black folks that were present on this street. And he just flat got in their face and said, why are the women standing up front? And you men are standing in the back. We need men to step up. And, and you as the mother of, you know, a whole litter of boys, uh, we need to keep that in mind because we have continually tried to drag down our young men and not be masculine. And here's Kevin Jenkins standing in the middle of New York City, just getting in the face of the men saying, why are the women carrying the load? Why aren't you men stepping up and being men? You know what? It's time that we do exhibit that kind of, <laughs> I'm, you're funny, Wade, exhibit that kind of, uh, that's the way God intended it, period. Get well, back to the basics. If it had to take the women, the mama bears who were poked too many times with this government and everything that's happening, messing with our kids. Mm -hmm. If we are the warning cry for everybody else to to get involved and to stand up, then I'm happy to be the warning cry. But I know that's why I've made some really tough decisions the last two years, because I've said not my family, not my kids. They won't be masked. They won't be treated like a sack of germs. They're not going to be uh, isolated and, and sitting in a desk with shields between them. That's not for me. And the second you say, I will not do that, I'm going a different way, uh, you start to create a momentum because other people will do the same. Men need to step up, be, up and be men. But to be honest, it's the mother bears like that right there that get the ball rolling. All right, we have two minutes. What do you want to give us is our profound bits of wisdom and solution. Keep it focused on solutions. Solution is to ask for your assignment. Look for where you can make an impact. We all have unique talents and skills and passions where we can make a difference. It's all going to look different. Everybody's path is going to be different, but every single person can do something to make this country better and turn this, this runaway train back around on the direction it's supposed to be headed. Well, and I, and I think I see comments about we just need more mama bears and mama bears will be labeled as terrorists. And that's all just planting seeds of fear, trying to pre prevent people from doing that. It's fear. I mean, you, you talk about the spirit of Kevin. He, he summarized it as well. Get your God courage on. Go beyond the fear. Don't have fear. Absolutely. Yeah. Eat, they're saying. Eat. Parents going to PTA meetings are now domestic terrorists. So if you can't advocate for your kids, we're in, we're in some trouble. We're in some real trouble. The same day that we uh, uh, have a Senate confirmation for Tracy Stone Manning, who was literally part of an organization, was the spokesperson for an organization that the FBI said was domestic terrorists. The same day that they, uh, they confirm her in the, confirmation of the Bureau of Land Management, they say that parents who go to PTA meetings or board meetings are terrorists. Are Keep you paying attention? Your kids. Yeah. So be it if we're terrorists, I guess. Yeah, so be it. All right, Amanda, before I let you go, where do I go find t-shirts like this? Because I don't wear your jewelry. AmandaRadke.com. And there's a crew available too if you uh, need a Fight for Freedom, Stand for Freedom crew. It's getting chilly out there. Well, now you tell me after I went out on my way to buy this old T-shirt. Hey, next we time have... I come back, I'm bringing Mama Bear Bryn Marie with me. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't think I can handle that much Mama Bear in one conversation. You can just get off. We'll just handle it for the hour. <laughs> I'll just sit here and run the buttons. And that'll do it. We have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America 
on behalf of Amanda Radke, Trent Luce, both of us remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. Once again, Kettleman, I remind you to get details, particularly if you're a Great Plains Kettleman, get details about being a part of the supply chain for certified Piedmontese by contacting Marlon Will. And it turns out that we have a lot of mugs, Loose Tails mugs. If you'd like to have a Loose Tails mug shipped to you, call me for details, 30 bucks for two mugs, so you and your honey can drink coffee together with a Loose Tails mug. Who would not want to do that on a Red Shirt Friday? Thank you, Amanda Radke. Have a great weekend. See you Monday.